0: Good morning everyone. Whoa, sounded like God. No, I'm just kidding. Good morning everyone, how are you guys doing? Uh, I want to welcome everyone to I've Jeff Seattle. I know that we are missing probably about half of our church. They are traveling. Uh, so to those of you who are joining in online, thank you so much for tuning in online. Amen. Uh, I hope that you can make, if this is your first time here or you are new to i Jeff Seattle, I hope that you can make this into your home church and allow us to walk with you in your own faith journey. Amen. Uh, I want to finish up this week uh, with the final sermon of the series called A Teachable Spirit. Uh, I know that we have graduates, we have people that are in transition looking for a job or moving to the state of Washington, Uh, but this message is not only for those graduates or those people that are in transition. I think this message is good for everyone to hear, right? Because how many of you know that all of us will face our giants one day in our lives? right you will face giants in your life and how you encounter those giants will determine how you proceed with your life okay Uh, you know your giants could be different from mine your giants could be uh, like the story that we're going to talk about today but some of you your giant might be in the form of financial trouble Uh, some of you might be uh, losing your job some some of you might be having conflict in your home uh, you know, I don't know what is your giant, but I believe that today's message will allow us to have your own faith to encounter and defeat your giant. You know, Ko Hong always reminded uh, us in the family care group, he said, sometimes the greatest gift that we can give to our children, uh, not that I'm old, it's, that, uh, it's to allow them to have their own faith, which is very true, because a lot of times, especially here in America, we are like a lawnmower parenting. How many of you know A lawnmower parenting. It's a Gen Z terms. How many of you have heard you are a lawnmower parenting? So what what does it mean? It means that you pave the way for your kids. You know, you destroy everything that is their barriers and their giants in their life. You know, like, like a lawnmower. Like, you know, you get rid of all of their troubles. You get rid of every challenges along the way, and you think that that might be good for your children, but actually, that is harming your children because your children never learn to adopt their own faith and to be able to defeat their own giants in the the future, right? Because as we know, all parents, we are not going to be with our kids all year long, right? Our kids will go out, and they will live their own life, will have their own family, they will face their own giants, they will have their own children, and hopefully they have their own grandchildren. Uh, And so that's why I think it's good for us to impart those faith to, their, to our children so that our children will be able to fight their own battle. Okay, the past five years has been very difficult for uh, all of us, you know, with, with, the, with the COVID, with, uh, we talk about the echo chamber, you know, with all the news, with all the influences uh, of the social media. How many of you know that over the past five years, even in our own ministry, we dealt with so many uh, depression more than in 25 years prior to that, okay? I've been in ministry for 30 years, and the past five years, we have encountered people that are going through depression, clinical depression, uh, mental health issues, uh, you know, sometimes wanting to commit suicide, giving up hope. In the past five years, we encounter a lot more than my past 25 years. Can you imagine the, 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 the issues that we are facing? And is it going to get better from here on? No. It's not going to get better. It's going to get harder and harder, right? And therefore, uh, I'm not here to try to throw cold water on you, but I want you to be equipped. I want you to have your own faith. I want you to know who to run to when you encounter with those giants. Uh, So today, my title of the sermon is very creative. It's called A Teachable Heart. Okay? The sermon series is called A Teachable Spirit, and my title is Teachable Heart. I know. (laughs) So one day... um, A son, a young son Was being taught by his father About math, you know, he was having problem with math So the father was telling him Son, 1 plus 1 Is 2 He said, no, it's 11 No son, 1 plus 1 Is 2, no, it's 11 No son 1 plus 1 is 2 Daddy, you are not smart, I'm smarter It's 11 The dad was so frustrated And so he said, you know, fine, 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 how about this How about you buy two popsicles? So they went out to the supermarket, they bought two popsicles, and then he said, okay, give me one of your popsicles. So he he gave one to the dad, and he said, okay, give the other one to your sister, and he gave the other one to the sister, and then the son like, wait a minute, what about me? And the dad said, oh no, it's okay, you can have the rest of the nine. (laughs) Psalm 119. It seems like, the, uh, the topic for this month has been in the book of Psalm, as obviously you guys remember, right? In the beginning of this month, late last month, I was trying to tell you to begin reading the book of Psalm. So we are somehow being drawn to the book of Psalm. Even this morning, the prayer by Pastor Kismet is all in the book of Psalm. So I want, you to, en- I want to encourage you to start reading the book of Psalm, because that's where I am at this moment. So Psalm 119.34, it says, Give me understanding a teachable heart, the ability to learn that I may keep your law and observe it with all of my heart. This is a psalm by King David, okay? How many of you know King David? You have heard about him, right? David and Goliath, David that defeated Goliath, right? So if you look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, a story about David and Goliath, uh, usually people would talk about how powerful David is, you know, how spectacular David is, right? And how big the giant, but David is able to defeat. So, in 1 Samuel 17, the setting is the, Israel, the Israelites' army encounter with their enemy, the Philistine, at Sokol in Judah. The Bible said that the Israelites' army and King Saul were terrified, okay? The army, the Israelites' army, and the king were terrified. They were terrified By the Philistine, and they were already drawing line, guys, okay? This is like Braveheart. How many of you have watched Braveheart? Or you are too young to watch Braveheart, right? Yeah. So they were already drawing a line. This side is the the Israelites' army. The other side is the Philistine army. But none of them moved because the Israelites' army were very scared. And one of the Philistines, his name is Goliath. I'm sure you guys have heard if you have been to Sunday school, right? Goliath is about nine foot tall. It's a giant. It's a big guy. He kept taunting at the Israelites' army. You guys know what's taunting, right? You know, like making threats, basically, Just saying that oh, you're going to be, de- you're going to be defeated. Your head is going to be beheaded. Uh, you know, your, your nation is going to be to be uh, conquered. And they keep taunting at the Israelites' army. And the response of the Israelites' army, they were very scared. They they did not make any move. Okay, days after days, weeks after weeks, none of them made any move. While the other side is kept taunting you know and then here in uh, first samuel 17 verse 8 he says this goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of israel these are the ranks of israel the generals of the israel army why do you come out and line up for battle am i not a philistine are you not the servant of saul choose a man and have him come down to me if he is able to fight and kill me we will become your subjects but if i overcome him and kill him you will become our subject and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine words, Saul, which is the king, and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. They were scared. And then the camera turned. Okay, how many of you know, when I read the Bible, I feel like I visualize like a movie, you know. The camera turned into the field where this mama's boy, very... Very soft and gentle boy, you know, was tending the sheep, feeding the sheep, mowing the grass. I don't know what what does uh, he do, but he was very gentle. He was very calm, and he was called by the dad. He said, "David, come." He said, "I want you to take these lunch boxes to your brother." Okay, so basically, David, being a young boy, he ran to the battlefield and he dropped off the uh, lunch box to the brother. While he was dropping off that lunch box, he overheard the taunting of the Philistine. Okay, and to cut the long story short, I'm just cutting short, 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 short so we can go out and have lunch, okay? Uh, so, so verse 26, First Samuel verse 26, says, David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who killed this Philistine and removed this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Okay, what a very, very different perspective right? The, the, arm, the armies of the Israelites are very terrified. Well, here is David coming, and he saw a very different perspective. He saw the army of the Israelites, not only an army, but he said it's the army of the living God. Who you see yourself will determine how you win your battle. If you know and you perceive yourself as the son and daughters of the living God, you will see your Goliath different than those that do not understand whose son they are, whose daughter they are. So it is important to know, whose are you? Okay? And to cut along, long story, short, 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 <laughs> David took up the challenge. He said, okay, fine. You're looking for one? I'm the one. And you can imagine the whole Israelite army looking at this boy like, dude, <laughs> you're going to be killed. <laughs> you're going to be slaughtered, Okay? But, of course, you guys have heard this on Sunday school, right? I, I don't... This is not my sermon, actually. This is just the prelude of my sermon. Is that David ran to the battlefield. He took a slingshot, and he shot Goliath, and he died in one shot. What a hero, isn't it? Everybody wants to hear that story, like, David beating Goliath. The underdog story. How many of you love the underdog story? Right? Oh, yeah, the Michael Jordan. But how many of you have ever asked the question, how did he come to that place? How did he end up able to kill Goliath? You know, sometimes my my son, especially the younger two, they love basketball, right? They love basketball, and and they want to be good. Of course, they want to be good. They want to have a shooting rate that is as high as they they can imagine, right? But sometimes they cannot accomplish it. And you know, if you compare to Michael Jordan and all this legend, uh, the question that you have to ask is like, how did this legend come to that place, right? How did they ended up able to shoot their three-point shot like almost 100% of the time, for example? Of course, there's no 100% of the time, right? Even though Michael Jordan, he missed sh- a lot of shots, right? But many people never actually took the time to look back at the life of David. They only hear the story David killing Goliath, the underdog story, what a mighty man David is, you know, what a shame Goliath is, but you never go back and look. And I think the key to all of us today having the ability to face and conquer your giant is to look behind the scene of David's life. I know now it sounds like, oh, it's not as spectacular, like looking at the life of David, but I think it has value, okay? I have three points to share. Number one is that, David developed a heart for God. I think you and I, we need to know and learn how to develop a heart for God. You come to church every Sunday does not mean you have the heart for God. The same way you hang out in the garage days after days does not make you a car. So guys, even you come to church seven days a week, But if you never develop a heart for God, you will never be able to conquer the giant in your life. David made many mistakes in his life. He wasn't perfect, guys. He wasn't a superhero. He made mistakes in his life. He even disobeyed God. How many of you disobeyed God? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But his heart is always turned towards God. He wasn't perfect, he fought, he made mistakes, but his heart always turned towards God. And if you want to conquer your giant, the first thing that you need to learn is to turn your heart to God, especially when you are facing your giant. Instead of like the Israelites' army looking at the giant, like David looking at the God, and con- conquering the giant. You, you understand? You know, there is a tweet. I, it's not from me, somebody's tweet, you know. It says like, don't tell God how big your problem is, but tell your problem how big your God is. It summarizes basically what I'm trying to say. It's like, have a heart for God. Really, young men and women, old men and women, develop a heart for God. last week, Pastor Sammy mentioned, right, have we ever battled with God alone? Yes, I've seen that, especially now, graduation period. Some of you might be going back to to your countries, right? And I've heard this over the past 30 years, over and over. When they are here in Seattle, they are strong Christian. They look like they are strong Christian. But when they go back to their own country, they are nothing. They got beaten up left and right. Why? Because they thought that they are in the care group. They thought that they are in Seattle, that they are strong, they have the heart for God. That is being deceived. It does not mean that. You know, you faithfully come to care group, you faithfully come to church, does not mean you have developed the heart for God. And you need that. Again, you know, talking about teachable heart, yeah, I've learned this even in my own journey. Because I'm a stubborn man. Somebody just told me that a few days ago. I'm a stubborn man, okay. Uh, and when people told you and me about something, especially trusted men, uh, yeah, no, no, Carmen, no. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Especially when there are trusted men and women in your life, your pastor, your leaders, your dad and mom, people that trust you, tells you something, and if you brush them off, you know the funny thing about unteachable heart, they thought that by them brushing it off, it will hurt the other people. It is so funny to see that, you know. Sometimes with children, with our own children, with our own congregation here, when I tell them for their good, and they brush it off, and they hide behind my back to do the thing that I told them not to do because it will harm them, they laugh at me. They're like, (laughs) that person did not know. I'm actually still doing what he told me not to do. (laughs) But let me tell you, that person did not know That in the back, I was also laughing at them. (laughs) Stupid guys. You think you are harming me? You are harming yourself, dude. I don't care. I just tell you, I still live my life. I still beat my own giants. But you, I don't know. It's up to you, right? That's the problem with unteachable heart. I tell you. But if you don't want to listen, I can't force you. You have to make the decision yourself, right? Just like King Saul. You know, King Saul is a good example. I have no time for the story of King Saul, but you can read it. King Saul is a good example. He was told by the prophet, but he wasn't just turning his heart towards God. He was actually trying to do things that he wasn't supposed to do. How many of you know the boundaries that God built in your life? The boundaries that your parents built in your life is not to harm you. The boundaries that God built in your life, and your, or your parents built in your life, is actually to protect you. But if you don't want to live within that boundary, don't laugh at, at the people telling you about the boundary. Because it won't harm them. It will harm whoever that doesn't want to listen, that doesn't want to have a teachable heart. Right? So if you are laughing that I don't know that you are still doing what I told you not to do, I am actually laughing at you. Yeah. So I know it sounds mean, yeah. Uh, pastor, pastor shouldn't laugh at people. Pastor should laugh with people. <laughs> but I don't want to be politically correct. I want to be truthful. Because I know you're going to face your giant. I know you're going to have to uh, fight your battle, and I need to tell you the truth because I want you to be more than conqueror. Despite of where you are, even though you are no longer with just Seattle, even though you are no longer in your care group setting, even though you are on your own, you need to be able to conquer your giant wherever God places you. It's important, right? The heart that for God made David teachable to the ways of the Lord and able to change. A teachable heart allows you to change too because there is humility in, in teachable heart, right? Becoming teachable is not about our intellect as much as it is our heart condition right? Being teachable is not only the knowledge that you gain, but it's the heart. It changed you from the heart, right? You know, I learned so much from David's life through the book of Psalms. You know, you can read it in, in 1 Samuel, you read about David. In the book of Psalms, you read about David. David wasn't a perfect man. David, and the Bible, the, the, the fascinating thing is that the Bible isn't trying to cover his imperfection, right? I mean, if you are writing a religious book, you should write things that are good. Why would you want to read write a religious book that reveal all of the weaknesses of God's people, right? But the Bible is truthful. It's telling you David wasn't perfect. In fact, he fell into a sexual sin. He fell into a murderous sin. I know sometimes you might not be as bad as David, but I'm just telling you how bad David is. Still, his heart is leaning towards God. That's why he was called a man after God's own heart, Right? The Bible shares with us the struggles and battles of this man. Ultimately, I learned how do we face with the, da- the demons in each of us by learning how to be like David. The question is, are we being humble and honest to ourselves? That's why I always ask them. They say, look, if you are coming to consult with me, and this is very typical, if you come to consult with me or you do counseling with me, I always ask this question. Are you being humble and honest to yourself? Because if you are not humble and honest, I can't help you. In the end, it's going to be a waste of my time and it's a waste of your time, correct? And then, in the end, we're going to be laughing at each other. Why? So, I think the question that we need to ask is, are we honest with ourselves? And are we humble enough to want to change, right? If not, then forget it. Really, you just live your own life, don't waste my life, you know? We, you know, we can tend to be stubborn, even though you know what you did was wrong and sinful, yet you decide to deceive yourself. You saw the downfall of many stubborn men and women in the stories of the Bible. You saw it. Saul is one of them and many others. You know, in just now, uh, we, you, you were reading Psalm 51, right? Yeah, Psalm 51 actually was penned by David when the prophet Nathan came and rebuked David after he slept with Bathsheba, and after he plotted to kill Bathsheba's w- husband, isn't that crazy? But the the, the the difference with David is, listen to this. The difference is here in Psalm 51. So I want you to open up your Bible app. Just in case if you don't know, your Bible app is here. Okay, and then you can. If you have not downloaded, you can download it. Uh, it, it is a free one here. It's called a uh, Bible. What was the you version, you know, you can download you version, man. Come on, nobody should not have a Bible now. It's so easy, right? You can go to the toilet and still read Bible too, right? I know, I know. It's, it's in some churches you cannot do that. It's sinful to bring your Bible to the toilet, but I'm just saying, open up, download you version, you, you and me, U version, the U version, right? And maybe. Uh, These are created by some of our brothers, too, in Oklahoma. We have two brothers that that were there, right? It could be them that created this, right? Mason, if you're listening. Jason, you too, Jason. I know. But don't stay in Oklahoma too long, Jason. No good Chinese food. (laughs) So, open up with me in your Bible app, Psalm 51. Psalm 51. So uh, if, uh, so, it, there is a, like a book symbol at the bottom here, you know. There's a book symbol and then you can mm. click at the top here and then you can choose. Psalm is right in the middle of that scroll down, okay. Just in case, just in case. I'm also low tech, you know. So Psalm 51, and I want you to, I, I give you two minutes, just read through the whole Psalm 51. It is so fabulous, okay. So number one, develop the heart for God. Number two, develop a childlike attitude. Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, it says, Learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Become and have the childlike attitude. You know, I think as we grow older, uh, pride kicks in, you know. And we always want to portray that we know, we want to portray that we want to know it all. Or we know it all, right? How many of you know that pride is the root of all sin? Every sin that you know, it rooted from pride. Pride always precedes downfall. Take a look at Lucifer. How did Lucifer end up like this? It's because of? Right. It's we know it all. And why do you think people want to portray that they know it all? Because these are what the common beliefs of being teachable is not a positive thing. Number one is that learning or asking seem to make you look stupid. How many of you have ever uh, been told or, you know, I've been like, hey Pastor, sorry, I have a stupid question. Mm, There's no stupid question. There's only stupid answer. Right? So I tell them, don't worry, no stupid question. There is only stupid answer, okay? People don't want to think that they are humble or they they want to portray that they know it all because they don't want to look stupid. Or you don't look as smart and may lose respect, especially leaders, right? Pastors, oh, pastors need to know everything. I don't know everything. That's why sometimes I ask for help, okay? I consulted with our team leaders, some with you guys, I don't know it all and that's okay i don't think i look that stupid right Uh, i don't think i lose respect i think people respect if you are being honest and being humble it shows your weakness that you can that can lead you to insecurity so sometimes these are the things that you want to portray that you know it all right oh i know it all i don't need to learn more i know everything that's pride just watch at our children you know when they were toddlers to those of you who have toddlers, they will not stop asking for your help, right? It's kind of cute and annoying at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they never hesitated, they always ask for help. But as they grow a little bit older and a little bit older, they don't want your help. Even though your help can be beneficial, sometimes, you know, I heard my boy saying like, I know, I know. I can do it myself. I don't need you. Even children, by nature, they evolve that way. That's why learning to be teachable, learning to be humble, you have to discipline your soul. It doesn't come naturally because naturally, take a look at your children, right? And don't be ashamed to let people know you don't know something. What you don't know, you don't know. Rather than giving false advice, it's better to say, can I come back to you and then I'll consult either the Bible or my team leaders here right, Romans 12 verse 16, she says, don't think you know it all, even the Bible said, don't know, don't think you know it all, you don't know, remember last week, Pastor Sam said, husband, if you think you know it all, you don't even know what your wife is thinking, yeah, that's that's very true for me too, okay, that's why I only, my, my tagline is like, I trust you, just do it, You know, because I don't know what you're thinking, okay? Number three, develop a hunger and thirst for God's Word. I know, I know, I've been saying this for the past few weeks, you know, the beginning, at the end of May, we've already said this, but I think there is no other way to say it. I know it sounds cliche, especially coming from a pastor, but it's the truth. Develop a hunger and thirst for God's words. You may have a teachable heart, you may have a humble heart, and you want to learn, but what you are feeding that teachable heart. What are you feeding that teachable heart, right? You can be teachable, you can be humble, but what are you feeding though, right? If you are feeding conspiracy theory, then you will end up like that, right? So the question to you is like, what are you feeding your teachable heart? What do you read? What do you hear? Because what you read and what you hear, you believe, and what you believe will form your character. Yesterday we were talking about this uh, craziness in social media and how much we cannot trust them anymore now, right? Even the, the big news outlet, we, I used to be able like, oh, you know, uh, if you heard some news, then you check it with the CNN, with the BBC, with all these more legit news outlet, right? I mean, all of you know, I, and this is probably true to some of you, I don't even trust the big outlet anymore too because there are so much bias now in the BBC. In the ABC, in the NBC, in the CNN, in the, you know, whatever, CCC, right? I can't trust them anymore because every of those outlets has their biases. So be careful. The only way that we can get the firm foundation and the truth that is everlasting is from the one source. is the TB, the Bible, right? Take a look at David's Psalm 119, and I want to end with this. He says, Psalm 119, verse 97, it says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. Ah, no wonder David was able to defeat the enemies. He meditated God's word day and night. He longed for it. Verse 99, I have more insights than all my teachers, for I meditate your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I've kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. Sometimes you need to avoid your feet on evil path. Because why? Because God is trying to protect you. God is not trying to make you such a loser that you can't experience life. God wants you to have a victorious life. That's why He built the boundaries. How many of you have driven, um, you know, in uh, Highway 1, you know, to California, right? And, And you see some of them have guardrails. How many of you have ever drove in that Highway 1 at a high speed and ever think, like, what is the use of that guardrails? Why is it there? You know, uh, how about I try to to surf and hit it, you know, that that guardrails? And you will have my last laughter. I'm serious. That is so stupid or silly to say that I don't need the boundaries. The boundaries there is such a hassle. It's such something that conforms me. No, that guardrail is to protect you from going off the cliff. You know, a few, not a few now, it's like 30 years, oh shoot, 30 years ago, (laughs) I had a friend, okay, uh, I had a friend, an Indonesian student that drove the Highway 1, okay, and he was sleepy and he was driving Highway 1. How many of you have been to the Highway 1? Highway 1 is really uh, a very good highway to drive a BMW. It's the ultimate driving machine, you know. Because it goes like this, goes like this, and then it's the, the cliff. And he was sleepy. And he basically hit the guardrail and he flew off the cliff. He is a very tall, handsome guy. And because he passed through that guardrail where the protection is supposed to be, he was disabled from neck down. A 20-year-old man from neck down. And I went to visit him and I almost fainted when I looked at him because he was sitting there in the chair being tight, tight, tight. Everything is tight. The guardrail is to protect you. God, boundaries is to protect you. Some of your leaders and parents, when they set those boundaries, they are trying to protect you. So don't laugh at those boundaries because you will have your laugh, laugh. last laugh if you don't abide in those boundaries. Like David, I have kept my feet from evil paths so that I may obey your word. I have not departed from your law, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. God's word should be sweet because it's good for you. And then he says, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. You got to hate every wrong path. And then verse 105, he said, Your word is a lamb for my feet, a light to my path. To those of you who just graduated, you are transitioning out of the, into the real world, let the word of God be a lamb to your feet. Come on. Come on, it got to be, got to be, you'll be successful, okay? Number one, develop a heart for God. Number two, develop a childlike attitude. Number three, have a hunger and thirst for God. we all I wanna pray. Well, let's let's praise the Lord one more time, okay? And then I wanna end with a prayer. Yes, Lord.
1: Come on, sing it out. When the oceans rise. And thunders roar. Come on, sing it. I will soar with you You about the storm. storm. Father, you are king over the flood. flood. For I will be still. Know you. you Lord, come on, sing it out. When the oceans rise. Yes, Lord, you are good. I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are key over the flood. For I will be still. know you are God when the ocean dries. The oceans rise oh. and times roar, I will we'll soar with, with you with above the sun.
0: you like a child who doesn't know everything father god today i pray that you will mold our heart you will transform our heart teach us father god to be humble teach us to be teachable so that father god allow the word of god to direct us to transform us to mold us more and more like you jesus because we know as we step out into this real world, there will be giants that we need to face. There will be battles that we need to win. Therefore, Father God, I pray that with your spirit and with your word, with your truth, we are more than conquer. We are able to defeat our giants and we are able to... Proclaim that we are the son and the daughter of the mighty God Therefore today Father God I pray and speak blessing to every heart May their heart be at rest Knowing God that we can trust you That you are the same yesterday, today and tomorrow Our tomorrow may be uncertain But who is in our tomorrow is certain for you hold our tomorrow father god therefore we want to declare it with all of our heart jesus we trust you we trust you with all of our heart thank you so much lord in jesus name let's all lift our hands for the benediction oh father god, thank you so much for the word of god today the congregation of the lord jesus may you go home from this place with the countenance of the lord jesus and the favor of god rest upon you then wherever you go, may you bring the blessing of the Lord to the people around you. As we depart from here, may we bring the glory from the throne of the Father, the love through the Son, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit in you and through you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thank
1: you.